This Dharma talk was recorded at Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. This morning we are studying the verse of repentance. Mm. Shahako Kumara Roshi calls it awakening to incompleteness. That's interesting. He gave these talks when he was abbot of Minnesota Zen Center, so he used the translations that Minnesota Zen Center had used since the mid-70s, which I believe came from San Francisco Zen Center at that time. All the karma ever created by me since of old, through greed, anger, and self-delusion, which has no beginning, born of my body, speech, and thought, I now make full, open repentance of it. Uh, this is a little difficult and a, a little deep. We say, since of old, and it also says, which has no beginning. I'm going to intersperse uh, some of Shahaku Okumar Roshi's paragraphs with, with my comments. He says, there is a deep meaning of repentance. We live in the reality of our life, whether or not we observe the precepts. No one can escape from this reality. Even when we are deluded, we live in reality as deluded human beings. Ultimately, there is no separation between reality and delusion. In other words, reality includes delusions. So we have our ideals are, well, we have lots of, <laughs> we have tons of ideals, but uh, some of them are embodied in the precepts. The precepts are for all of humanity, not just for, well, they're for us, whether you've formally taken them or not. But as we study the precepts, as, you know, Diane Rizzotto's book says, awakening to what you do. So the gist of this verse is awakening <laughs> to what's going on. So we say our karma is born from our body, our actions. What are we doing? <laughs> our body, our speech, what we say has an impact, and what we think, what we think is kind of creating our reality. And it's kind of surprisingly hard to just accept this. This is what's going on. So this verse has a little complication is because it sounds a little judgmental. Like, so it has both aspects. So, so one aspect is where we remember something we said and we go, I think, you know, this a certain friendship may be suffering because of an unkind thing I said. There, There is cause and effect. And then we get nervous about that and um, we're a little uncomfortable with this verse of repentance. But I'm trying to say a main point is just what, what is happening? How 
how are things? Which is what Buddhist practice is. This is it, waking up to how things are. I've mentioned several times that some time ago I was seeing a Buddhist therapist and he said, wow, you're really aware of what goes on in you with your thoughts. I go, isn't everybody? <laughs> like, he goes, no. <laughs> a lot of people aren't. Okay. Tamara says, body, speech, and thought create our good and bad karma. No beginning means we cannot see the origin of our karma. Our body and mind are influenced even by things that are happened before we were born. Everything that has happened in the whole universe since the Big Bang influences our ways of thinking and behaving. It is all really without beginning. So some people believe in reincarnation going back. So for those people, that kind of fits into no beginning and since of old, but it's not necessary to believe in that. So we're, we exist because we're born into human, on, we're born on the earth into human culture. So we say, and that's how we exist at all. So say, well, I didn't do anything in the past, but it's like we're born, we inherit <laughs> We inherit the estate of, of human culture. This is where we're living, so this is where we're living, and we should take responsibility for it, which could mean understanding the past. And we benefit kind of from the wealth that's been accumulated by humanity, uh, but perhaps there's some debt <laughs> accumulated by humanity, perhaps. Uh, um, so how humans have evolved biologically and sociologically in the culture we're living in now and our thoughts, our actions are shaped by this culture, even though we can't understand it, that, that's where we're getting to, he says, awakening to incompleteness. We can't, we don't, can't know how all these habits and figures of speech have come about through history. It's, it's interesting to study, but that is the landscape we're living in, and we should wake up to what it is and some, take some responsibility for it. So I often say, you know, karma appears to be about the past, but important point of karma is the future. You know, how, how are we living right now? Kumarashi says, when we do something evil or make a mistake, we find it easy to repent. We have no difficulty in seeing our own fault. And if we don't recognize our misdeeds, others will help us <laughs> by showing their anger. <laughs> so somebody anger at you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I might not totally agree with your interpretation, but, but you did, uh, you are waking me up. <laughs> I've got more energy now, now that you're angry with me, and maybe I can use that energy to examine what's going on. 
Akmara makes this very interesting point. It's very profound. He says, but when we are doing good things, it's really difficult to notice our karmic hindrances because people praise us and we feel good. Our good deeds that generate karmic hindrance make us arrogant and careless. We become blind to the fact that we are still limited, ordinary, self-centered human beings. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm all for positive self-esteem. I think a lot of people suffer from a little low self-esteem, overly critical, but still, but this good feeling of being praised kind of can plant a seed that can make us arrogant and careless. So I've got, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing to admit, hey, I try to act like a nice guy and I get feedback that I am a nice guy and it goes along pretty well, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I got a little capital to burn here. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I responded nine out of 10 times pretty nicely. I think I can, I think I can uh, throw a zinger in here once in a while. It's like, really, really? Uh, is that what you wanna do? So that's how mechanics kind of work. Of, praise and good deeds, creating some carelessness and arrogance. So we, we are creating our current in partnership with, with society. Through greed, anger, and self-delusion, mainly delusion. So delusion, that's this incompleteness again. We don't understand we don't understand as much as we think we understand. And then when we're unskillful in taking care of our needs, that kind of turns into greed and that has an effect. When we're unskillful in managing what we disagree with, that's unskillful and that has an effect. Greed, anger, doesn't mean we don't have needs. It doesn't mean we don't disagree. It means we have endless opportunity to have a big container and increase our skill in, in handling those communications. So I now make full open repentance of it. Shaka says there's two types of repentance. So one is a particular reflecting on our actions is and this deals with the precepts you know i i used a stamp from work to mail a personal letter <laughs> i generally have a tendency i should yeah i should definitely replace that stamp but maybe maybe i might not i don't know that that's a <laughs> specific repentance but Formless repentance is, uh, it's kind of like our Shikantaza. Our whole situation 
comes up and we're aware of many different things in our whole situation that we have an attitude of being aware of what we're doing. We have an attitude of our ideals, our direction, our precepts. So we we can practice formless repentance too. But it said in Buddha's time, this is amazing to me, the monks sat around with Buddha and they went around the circle and they said what they felt their behavior shortcomings were. And they had other people point out their behavior shortcomings. I, as much as I aspire to Buddha, I think it would be very hard in our culture for us to do that. Maybe in a cult with a really strong cult leader. I mean, this is interesting how, just to think of how they did that. And so sometimes it created some interesting things. Like there was a, a monk that liked to do cartwheels, but they pointed out, you know, when you do a cartwheel, your underwear is just hanging out there. You know, and I don't think as monks, we just want to be showing off our underwear. So they wrote it down. <laughs> we do not do cartwheels. And this, you know, built into this Vinaya, which we look at now, and it's like, well, that's a little uptight. But there were reasons, you know, of looking at behavior. But from a... Um, a formless repentance. So when we chant this every day in a morning service, and then some Zen centers they chant it three times as part of their morning service, pretty important. But it's a general sense of um, a general intention to wake up to what we're doing. So between chanting the first repentance and between making full prostrations, uh, I call this um, a basic humbleness hygiene. You know, we, we brush our teeth, you know, and just to maintain kind of a basic <coughs> without getting into the meaning of the word humbleness, without getting into specifics. We just have these practices, chanting the verse of repentance, making prostrations, that informs our body and our spirit to just kind of keep that uh, humbleness hygiene going. And the important point, no matter what mistakes we've made, um, like I said, karma's about the future. He says, moment by moment, we start again and again. This is not where our human evaluation and discrimination works. This is true repentance. So not getting sucked into judgmental, beating ourselves up. Yeah, I, I ran into a Buddhist, well, in studying this, there was like, yeah, a, a healthy sense of shame. 
but we're a little bit like, oh no, shame. That's like, I'm beating myself up too much and I'm stuck in the past. Well, yeah, don't be stuck in the past. Don't beat yourself up, but still, just... And so many people suffer from regret, and I tell them, no, stop suffering from regret. <laughs> On the other hand, there is, you know, an insight. There is an awareness of, yeah, that happened, and mm -hmm. and I don't think I want to do that again. Mm. Now, sometimes, you know, the details, like somebody's friend, well, whatever, if a, yeah, if somebody's childhood friend commits suicide, and then they think, oh, I should have, if I had taken better care of my friend in childhood, later on they wouldn't have committed suicide. And I'm kind of like, you know, <clears throat> there were many, many factors involved. Don't, don't take that on. But, but other things we should take on. And take on skillfully. Take on, you know, insight, hold it lightly, move forward, be aware. So there's another, sometimes the last line is translated as, I now fully avow, mm -hmm. which kind of has the same meaning, but maybe not quite the trigger of repentance. Avow is to assert or confess openly, mm -hmm. this is what happened. And another thing about being aware of what happened is there's a chance it's likely to happen again, because <laughs> we are creatures of habit. So it's good to wake up. It still has the word confess in the meaning, but avow is, yeah, to assert, to, to just be open <coughs> to the way things are, the way our memory is. So Shahaku ends with a, another very interesting insight. I think this repentance is essential for modern human beings because we have such powerful technologies. We can kill all the living beings on Earth. Update this a little bit. We are killing <laughs> all the living beings on Earth. Most of the major problems we face today are a result of human activities. They are not caused by bad, foolish, or cruel people. Wars, ecological destruction, and so on have been caused by sincere, brilliant people under the banners of justice, liberty, human welfare, and national prosperity. These people are often respected as great leaders. Many religions cause problems by encouraging us to cling to doctrines and beliefs. We have to become aware of our self-delusion and clinging even while we try to accomplish good. Only in this way can we become free from the defilements caused by performing good deeds with imperfect motives. This is the true meaning of repentance. So we can't lull ourselves into not being awake to what what is actually happening. And we are all lulled into either my intentions are good, so what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> or this is a good deed, even though my motive actually is to impress people and make a little money or, or whatever. <laughs> kind of complex, but also kind of just basic taking care of our lives.
So I'm giving a sort of talks here. I'll turn off the recording and we can have discussion. You've been listening to a Dharma talk from Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. To learn more about us or to make a donation, visit us at prairiemountain.org.